Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo. King isn't here this week again. Um, he's, I guess, I guess he's still out in the uh, Jersey headquarters. Uh, but we have been in contact with each other, and we're, you know, slowly getting to that point that we're gonna give the new idea of how to connect with each other a go. Um, but other than that, uh, how was everybody's week? Um, my past week was, was pretty good. Nothing, you know, same old stuff, kind of boring. Worked all weekend. Did a lot of drinking, like I usually do. <laughs> uh, played a lot, a lot of hockey, some football. But enough of that. Um, let's get the, the social media things out of the way here. You can follow me on Twitter at JimboSTSports. You could also follow the, the show. Um, it's at ST Sports Podcast. I've been trying to be a little more active with that, with uh, stories and you know different types of, of clips, you know video clips that may not get recognized on ESPN or any of the other major outlets. Um, and then you could also follow King at King of Skunk Duck. And go over, go over his his, uh, his Twitter handle and even his Facebook. He's got some uh, pretty good, pretty good, pretty nice shirts out there. He's got one out this past week. It's more of a wrestling one for um, the wrestler uh, Bailey, cute girl. Um, something happened, I, I, I guess Monday Night Raw or over the weekend. I can't remember what uh, King said, but uh, he made you know made one and it's taking out pretty good. Um, you can see some of the other stuff he sells also there. But also follow us at, you know, on Facebook. Like us, share us, say hi, comment. Do whatever you want. Just, you know, like to, to hear from you guys. See see what you guys think about the show. Um, kind of a slow week now with the, uh, the hockey season over and, you know, basketball finals are over. And, you know, basically now we got the LeBron finals. To, to watch out for the whole silver so it's a lot of uh the only thing really is you know the world cup and, and baseball world cup i really haven't followed at all i'm not a real big soccer fan but if you follow king on twitter you know he's he's into it. his his german team lost poor guy but um we're gonna talk a little little baseball majority football nfl and uh also a new league American Flag Football League, which I'm curious to see about. Um, I'm pretty sure, I think I actually also saw, speaking of football, a couple of days ago we got about 100 more days till the regular season, which sounds like a lot, but if you break it down to months, you only really have three more months. And, you know, I'm looking into the Notre Dame season. Me and King are big Notre Dame fans. And um, kind of excited about that, about that season. See how that season, you know, comes about. But one story that popped up, you know, getting into the show here. Uh, like I said, we're talking, we're gonna talk a little, little baseball here about the Tampa Bay uh, Devil Rays. Uh, 
So I saw the story pop up, uh, I think it was about two days ago. And the headline was, Reliever Plays First Base. Or something along those lines. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, so I click it to see what was going on. And after reading it, I mean, the, the, the head coach of the Devil Rays, uh, Kevin Cash, it was uh, top of the ninth that they were up one nothing, and he had a dilemma he was facing of the, the next three batters were lefty, righty, and lefty. And he wanted his reliever, closer, whatever you know he, he is, he wanted him to face the two lefties, but the problem was that the, there was a righty in between both of them. So how, you know, how, how, how do I have him face both, both guys? So like I said, you know, one of the lead, top of the ninth, he brings in Jose uh, Alvarado, who's the, the lefty that uh, he wanted to face, you know, the, the two batters. Brought him in, Bryce Harper was the first batter, and ended up walking him. So he got a little, a little creative. Ended up putting uh, Alvarado on uh, first base, moved the first baseman out to the outfield, and took one of the outfielders out of the game. Brought in Chazro to face the, the right-hander. Got him out. Took Chazro out of the game. Brought Alvarado back to the mound. Brought the first baseman from the outfield back to first base, and actually almost lost Alvarado. Almost lost the game for them. They ended up loading up the bases. Um, ended up winning. You know, ended up winning the game one nothing. But uh, you know, so I started digging a little bit. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, another, another story popped up about the the raises. They're this season, I guess they they have been known to do these type of um, type of type of things, type of plays. They they've had a couple games where they actually started the game with their relievers or closers and brought their starting pitchers into the game to finish out the game. And I'm thinking to myself, man, that's actually kind of smart and creative. I mean, you got teams coming in game planning against, you know, for starting pitchers, and you're throwing, no pun intended, a, a curveball at them by starting pitchers that would close the game out for you and ending the game with starting pitchers. I mean, I started thinking a little bit more, I'm like, I can't believe no one else ever, ever thought about this idea. Well, Turns out, I was wrong. You also had Joe Girardi last year, and I forgot about this one. Um, had to do it because their bull, his bullpen at the time was, you know, uh, ravaged by, by injuries. So, you know, he had to bring an infielder onto the mound to, to pitch, or uh, he put a pitcher out in the right field. I'm pretty sure there's a video out there that the pitcher caught a fly ball 
up against the fence, like almost as if he stole the home run uh, away from the batter. Joe Madden from the, the Cubs is a, another one that um, has been known to put players where known to play in different positions. Um, and also, you know, the Astros did it in 2014. So, you know, I wonder if, you know, you, you think back in the 90s, I mean, in the 90s I was, you know, 15, going on 20 years old, and that's the first time I ever heard of a, a utility man, which, you know, would be your shortstop, your second baseman, that, you know, they could play four or five different positions. It makes you wonder if utility man is going to even be a bigger part now, you know, sign a, a first baseman that can pitch, you know, can come off the, off the first base and close, that, close the game out for you. It's like Babe Ruth used to do back in the, back in the day. You know, he was the first baseman, and starting pitcher, and all that stuff. And a great hit, well, a home run here, a great home run here, I'll say that. But, you know, makes makes you, you know, if, if, uh, the other thing, if you, if you watch some of the games nowadays, and this, this um, type of play I, I can't stand is the, the shift. It makes you wonder, where is baseball going in the next few years with all these different type of plays? It's not your classic type, you know, ball game anymore. I understand there's a lot of strategy and everything, and, you know, this was a, a smart strategy by, by the, the Devil Rays. And, well, you know, again, when I read it, I thought, you know, that has to be illegal. How can you move a, a pitcher to the first base and then move him back? And then, you know, basically... The role is he's, he was still in the games, kind of like you know little league, or you know if you have kids that play minors, you know you, you could take a you know your starting pitcher out, put him at shortstop, bring the shortstop in the, to pitch. That's basically all he did, and you know they 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 won the game because of it. You know it's very smart and creative. I'm, I'm curious to see the second half of the season if the teams start catching on to this to figure out how to how to, how to beat the Rays you know with this this type of game that they're playing like you know that way speaking of uh, playing games one, one, one person that's not going to be playing any NFL games anytime soon is uh, Janus Winston yeah, I touched on a little bit last week and uh, you know about the suspension possibly coming, and the, the incident of him um, uh, groping a Uber driver and all that stuff. Well, came out yesterday that he's been suspended the first three games of the 2018 season. And you know when I was reading some of the some of the, the stories that the writers were putting out there, I'm actually worried about this guy. He is talented, you know. I don't think he's nothing great. He's 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 a good, you know, he's a good he's a good quarterback. I'm not gonna take that away from him. But the problem is, he's always involved with something, some type of incident. You know, this this one happened. Uh, I think I think 2016 is when this happened, and the NFL just finally got done investigating. But any other type of story, they're real quick to make a judgment on. 
Um, but with this this uh, this story here, with him, you know, violating the, the player conduct policy, the one thing that stood out to me that the NFL is serious with him was the fact that if he if he gets accused or involved in another incident again, he could face a lifetime ban from the league. And that's that's a shame that here's a here's a guy that's only what, 25, 26 years old, he's he's going into his fourth, fifth year, and he's already you know, like a Pac-Man Jones back in the day, or uh, Michael Irvin back in the day, or you know, some of those other guys that just always was getting in trouble with, with the law or with the league. You know, um, he had a couple incidents back in, in college. He had the, the, the one uh, sexual assault accusation that never brought charges. I, I understand it's an accusation, but again, know did something really happen why was he putting himself in a bad situation again you know okay you want to say he was a kid back then fine but why is he still doing it now I know a lot of former players uh, Damian Woody was one of them I saw said just cut him cut him from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers teach him a lesson maybe by being cut it would wake him up I mean, if you look at, you know, Johnny Manziel is probably the most um, recent story that you could see. Had all those issues with the Browns. They released him. No one touched him. He's been out of football now for, what, two years going on now? He's up there in CFL playing. You really haven't heard any bad stories about him. You know, okay, yeah, he came out and said that um, he, he's grown up and he, he's he's matured and that sometimes maybe that's what has to happen is you know you you lose your dream job and that's the waking point and now you know during his uh james winston's uh apology or speech whatever you want to call it i'm sorry i mean his apology was basically the typical pr comments you know i'm sorry if i let my team down i'm sorry if i let my players down for once, I would just like to see some of these players speak from the heart. You know, everybody knows you let your team down. Everybody knows you let the fans down, your family, all that stuff. Don't keep repeating it. Just man up, talk from the heart. Don't have someone write the speech for you. Do it yourself. You did this this issue. You got yourself in this this situation. You fix it. Michael Vick is, you know, kind of going back to the um, being cut from a team and, and growing up. Michael Vick is another player that grew up. And, and you know what? I love dogs. I have a dog myself. I had dogs all my life. I was pissed when Andy Reid signed him. That Monday night, when it came across that the Eagles signed him, 
I was texting my dad about it, and I, I was about to give up on the Eagles. You know, how can they, they sign someone like this? I still don't condone what he did, but I'll give him a little tip of the hat because he hasn't been in the news for the wrong reasons anymore. He actually, uh, I believe like a month or two ago, all the bankruptcy issues he had, he he, he cleared that from his, his name now, you know, so being cut from a team can save a person, not a football player, a person. It could go one of two ways. It could make you sit back and say, shit, I better get my stuff in order. Or, screw that team. I'm just going to keep being me. And if he goes this that route, he will be banned from the NFL. I don't think there's a player yet that has been banned for life uh, for conducts like this but I know there was I know there's players about a year or two ago uh, that were suspended for two three year, years I mean you look at Alden Smith never got his act together Niners released him thought maybe you know they're, they're done with that drama I thought maybe by going to the Raiders it would wake him up because they're the only team that Want anything to do with them? Every three months. And like I said last week on the show, it's a shame because these guys are making millions and millions of dollars and they're just throwing it all away. Why? Because they think they're gods and can't be touched? Well, some of these teams have to wake up and say, you know what? How they always talk about protect the shield. Protect the shield, cut them, release them, get rid of them. If they don't want to grow up, that's on them. Kind of talking about Michael Vick, leading to our next topic, is uh, the American Flag Football League. I got a notification the other day that I watched for the first time ever on NFL Network Flag football. I'm like what? You know, you're gonna watch a bunch of you know teenagers playing flag football. You know, down at the local you know baseball field or you know public park or something. So I start looking into it a little bit. So it turns out that it's basically a pros versus amateur. Um, There's four four pro teams. There's four amateur teams. Uh, it actually it debuts this Saturday, June 30th, on NFL Network. Um, and I think it's the amateur amateur teams uh, first. But when I was reading it, they also said that every time there's an amateur game, the following day would be the pro game. Pro uh, game, uh, which. The championship would be will be held July 19th in Houston, Texas, and some of the the pros that are captains of the team is you know Michael Vick of the Roadrunners. I'm pretty sure that the captains came up with the names. Chad Ochocinco of Can you guess it? The Ochos. Uh, Carlos 
Carlos Boozer of the Holdats and Michael Johnson of the Godspeed. So it's not just the former NFL players or it's players from all different sports, you know, playing in this. And all the players are competing for one million dollars. The the amateurs are so it's you know again it's, it's set up as two conferences basically. Uh, you have the pros conference, which is the teams I just you know I just said, and then the, the amateur conference is America's team, which that's you know like that's their conference, which is kind of weird. So when I saw America's team, I was thinking it's gonna be an actual team. But leading up to all this, you know, I, uh, I've been seeing clips here and there of different moves. Like, you know, in the NFL, you have the, the spin move and the truck move. One of the weirdest agile moves I, I've seen with this is called the dip. And what it is is, you know, obviously with flag football, the, the rules are if you have one of your flags ripped off you, you're, you're tackled. Well, with the dip, a lot of these players, what they do is, say two guys are, are coming at them, they'll actually almost kneel to the ground as they're running. To, so, like, when the, the guys are trying to rip at the flags, the fl their flags actually go and blow their hands, and they're blown right past these guys. I'm just amazed of how their knee doesn't touch the ground and, and you know, being down by contact. So, Saturday, I'm definitely going to tune in to see what kind of rules, you know, it is. Being on enough on network, I'm pretty sure we're going to have at least some decent commentators. Probably uh, like Charles Davis and Mike Mayock. Um, but I'm going to follow. I'm, I'm out of the pro teams. I'm going to go for Vic. I'm going to. Uh, Root for him, because like I said, you know, he has turned his life around. Never a big fan of Ch Chad Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson. I, I never called him by Ocho Cinco. You know, you come into this world with one name, keep that name. Don't make it cartoonish. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see how, how this holds up and if this is going to be a every year thing. And are the players going to be different every year? You know, kind of sounds like they would be, but I, I think it's going to be interesting, you know. Um, also, this past week on NFL Network, you know, kind of a little segment lead there. NFL Network released their last of their the top 100 players for this past season. Not sure if you guys saw on Facebook or on Twitter, I, I kind of disagreed with the number one pick. So the top four picks was number four was uh, Julio Jones, number three was Carson Wentz, number two was Antonio Brown, and number one was the almighty one himself, Tom Brady. I do not agree with that at all. I know me and King kind of got into a little bit on Facebook over it. 
here's my thing. You know, King said to me, you know, if I don't think he was like the best player of the year, then I'm nuts. Here's my my issue with it. One, I don't know why Antonio Brown would be over Carson Wentz. Yes, he is a top four, you know, player this year. But how can a player who was MVP status pretty much had the MVP locked up until he got hurt, and then all of a sudden be like, "Nah, you're only number three now." You know, everybody says Tom Brady is the greatest. He is very, he, he is great. He's not the greatest in my opinion. I still think I, I would choose Joe Montana over him. And we're not, we're not big on stats on the show. You know, we said that a few times. But here, here, here's the thing that got to me is Carson Wentz, Wentz numbers through 13 games led the league in touchdowns, led the league. In passing yards, I think he led the league in quarterback rating. When he went down, those last three games that the Eagles played, saw how much wins meant to that team. Granted, yes, they went to the playoffs, they won the Super Bowl, Nick Foles played great in the playoffs. But those first three games in the, in the regular season, he wasn't that great. Tom Brady, for the regular season, only beat out Wentz with passing yards by 500 yards, which basically is, if you want to say, two games worth of yards. Now remember, Wentz did not play the last three games. Tom Brady only had one more passing touchdown than Wentz. So it took him three games to surpass Wentz. King made the comment to me that if Tom Brady got hurt, they would have lost in the first round. He would have lost either way. Because, you know, the Bulls beat him in the Super Bowl anyways. But, yes, they would have lost in the first round. He got them to the first round. If Wentz did not play those 13 games, they would never made it to the playoffs. He was the most valuable player to that team. And that's another reason why I hate some of these awards nowadays. Because most valuable player, it means to me, if you take that player away from that team, how valuable was he? And those last three games of the season showed just how valuable Carson Wentz was to that team. So for them to say that Tom Brady is better than you know Carson Wentz or Julio Jones or Antonio Brown, is he better? Was Tom Brady better than Antonio Brown and Julio Jones? I, I'll say yeah, I'll agree to that, but he wasn't better than Carson Wentz. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what everybody else's opinions out there uh, about this is. So, you know, if, if you want to hit us up over on, on Twitter or Facebook, even our, our, uh, our website, uh, staytunesports.wordpress.com, and, and let, me, let me know. You know, maybe King has some supporters with this. Maybe I have some supporters with this. I just don't think Brady was the better player between those two. Man, I can't, I can't wait till football comes, though. Hopefully by that point that uh, me and King will have this whole connection thing worked out because you guys will love it. We really get into each other and take the gloves off and take some serious shots at each other. But uh, as for this week, I think that's going to be it for us this week. It was fun being back. I'm going to have another one next week, even though the 4th is on Wednesday. We'll record on Thursday and probably have a post on Friday. So with that being said, follow me on Twitter at JimboSTSports. Follow the show at STSportsPodcast. And follow King at King of Skunk Duck. Check his shirts out. He has some nice ones out. He has some ones from the past that you know you guys might like. And if, you know, even if you're looking for some graphic designs, he does that as well. Hit him up. With that all being said, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out. <laughs>